Hello, welcome back to D1 Rejects. This has been a fun last week, man. Look, really fun. Um, the whole D1R Athletes thing finally getting started. We announced our first D1R Athlete today, Drew Carpenter. A lot of you who watch the show are super familiar with Drew, but uh, this is episode 101. We finally eclipsed the 100 mark. I promise, hopefully, no many more breaks. Um, we'll be got back on a little bit more of a consistent schedule, but today, we're recording this on the 8th. And by we, I mean me, because if you look around... It's a little bit of a, it's a ghost town in here. It's Skeleton Crew. I'm by myself once again. But it's still going to be a good one. It's still going to be a good one. We got uh, Coach Stud, Jacob Studdard from Grand Valley State University. He's the running back coach there as well as the special teams coordinator joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, and as always, use the timestamps at the bottom of the video if you're watching on YouTube. You can fast forward right to that conversation or to any of the other great stuff we're talking about today. Uh, like I said, we announced the first D1R athlete today. We've got more coming, probably about six or seven more locked in that'll be start to be rolled out, um, but more applications coming in every day. So continue to submit those, and uh, as long as they're being submitted, we'll definitely still be picking some guys to add up on the wall in the studio. A look at Grand Valley State. We're going to talk about the transfer portal with Coach Stud. Grand Valley State in the last month had, had three players, two wide receivers, and uh, an All-American defensive back enter the transfer portal and go play division one ball they've already committed to uh, wisconsin it was really originally vanderbilt but switched to wisconsin then it was bowling green and texas a&m so two power five schools these kids are going to uh, we're gonna call it, talk with coach stud about that and then just being back at grand valley state um, he played there in 2018 now back coaching in other gliac news d2 news ferris state's going to the white house the back-to-back -back defending Division II national champions. They thought they were the only D2 team to ever go. Apparently, there's a bunch of other ones who have in, in the past, like 1950s and 70s. But as far as my memory is concerned, I don't remember any D2 team being invited to the White House. So that's pretty big news for the Bulldogs out of Big Rapids. We'll talk about that. There are players opting out of the new NCAA football game, looking for some more money, because a lot of you know NCAA is going to go away from the random numbers, blank jerseys, they're going to be using the players' numbers, the players' jerseys, uh, their names in the back of the jerseys, I should say. And the players are going to have to be compensated for that, obviously. NIL, name, image, and likeness, and such. So we'll talk about that later. And finally, NFL. Uh, they had some NFL players trying their hand at baseball, taking some batting practice. Joe Burrow, headband Burrow, I guess if you'd call him that. He was uh, hitting some out. And then Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, they had some they had some funny swings as well. So take a look at those videos and all those other categories. But uh like I said, use those timestamps if you're on YouTube. If not, catch us anywhere else, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Follow us on Twitter, D1 underscore Rejects, closing in on 1,000 followers. Might do a little giveaway at 1,000 followers, so run those numbers up. And uh, before we get any into any of those other topics, let's get right into that conversation with Coach Stud. Join us on the show tonight, a man who was a first-team all-Gliac DB for Grand Valley State back in 2018, not too long ago. He's already made his way back to the Lakers sideline, though. This time, he's coaching the running backs, coordinating their special teams. It's Coach Stud. What's going on, Coach? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. You just got out of a little dinner or what? Yeah, I did, man. I went out, uh, took myself out to eat. Uh, this place right down the street from my place out in Holland. I actually still live in Holland. You know, okay. Previously coaching at Hope, so I'm still living in Holland right now. I got pretty, you, man. Yeah, cool, we're going to talk all about Hope. Yeah. My dad played a, a year of football at Hope. He was on a JV team, though, so we ain't going to talk too much uh -huh. about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't – no offense to Pops, but I don't think Hope have JV anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh -huh. him, and, him and I are built a little different. I mean, he graduated high school about 150 pounds soaking wet is what he likes to say. So uh -huh. 
It's a miracle okay. he made the squad in the first place. But um, I said it in the intro, man. You're back. Tell me, you know, just what it means to to be back in Allendale and, and be back on that sideline, repping the hat already. Man, I love GB football, man. I played there. Uh, it's, it's always showed me love. Uh, I seem to can't get a, I can't get away from that place, man. Some always draw oh, yeah. me back, you know. Some always draw me back. Um, but, yeah, I was a GA there in 21. And then I went to Hope uh, for a year as the safeties and special teams coordinator. And then, um, yeah, when all the coaching changes happened, I'm pretty sure you guys spoke about on here at some point. Yep. When our, uh, our previous head coach, Matt Mitchell, moving on to Wisconsin, our new head coach, Scott Wooster, moving up to the head coach, and um, our wide receiver coach, uh, Roy Roundtree, moving down to McNeese State. Then our running backs coach moving to a wide receiver coach, which opened up a position for running backs and special teams because yep. our previous head coach, Matt Mitchell, was a special teams coordinator. And I, I applied for it, uh, went on to interview, and, you know, I uh, actually waited in my house for about three days and leave my house for three days just waiting on a call. Man. And got the call, and Coach Wood just said, you ready to go? I said, let's do it. And, you know, I was very excited to be back. And, you know, the guys was – you know, excited for me, and, you know, now it's time to be one-on-one, you know. I bet, man. And you talked a lot about the culture when they brought you back. I know you said you can't get enough of the place, apparently. But um, yeah. I just want to know, obviously, doesn't sound like the standards have changed since Wootzer's come in, right? But the culture, right. how has that changed? Um, you know, not always in a negative manner, but culture does change, especially when you bring in a new head coach. How has that changed since you are on the sideline in 2018, now being on the other side of it? Well, not very much. I mean, the culture still pertains the same. Like, we're at a school, okay, obviously Grand Valley. You think of D2 football. Like, we're at a school where we can actually go in and speak to our team about winning the national championship every single year. Yeah. Every single year we can say, all right, let's win the national championship. You know, we can, we can, we can, you know, openly say that to our team. That's the bar, right? That that is the bar. We want to win the national championship. Simple as that. You know, obviously, you know, the, the past few years, we've sh- fell short to the guys, you know, of North Fair State. But, you know, we, we can also say, like, let's continue to compete. We we know we got it. We know we got the talent. But, you know, just a few mistakes here and there, you know, we, we come up short. But we know, you know, with the guys in our room, with the guys in our, on our team, that we have the talent. We have the coaches. We just got to get the job done, 100%. Yeah. So, um. The culture haven't changed much because everyone still has the same goal. Um, the thing I like, the thing I like about our new head coach, Coach Wooster, is that you know, like, let's find a way to be one of one. You know, anything you do, find a way to be one of one. Let's be the last man standing in a Division Two football. You know, so I think that is really good, especially our guys is bought into them. Um, obviously we're going to get to the transfer portal because a lot of guys thinking like, you know, yeah, we got a few guys at the portal, but Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about Grand Valley, you know, the thing about Grand Valley is, you know, the next guy is just as good, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, we can hang our hats on is that we will always have really good talent and, you know, you, you, you had a winning program. That's a great measure of it too, right? Is like, what's your gap between one A to one B? Right, because it's not one um, to two to three. Like you want to have yeah. guys loaded up, stacked up that can go in there and play meaningful snaps, like whenever. And so yeah. I think when yeah. we talk, I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast. But the most impressive thing I've ever seen, at least watching a football game in person, Fair State's yeah. just driving us down the field, run play after mm-hmm. run play after run play. Bernhardt back there, I mean, he wasn't throwing the ball yeah. very much. 
But what do they do? He's they not. take five of their offensive linemen out, trot them over to the sideline, bring in five more, and yep. they just kept rolling. So that applies to every position, yep. right? And you guys are definitely, like you yep. said, we'll talk about the transport in a little bit, but you definitely have to fill some, you know, just fill some gaps this year, and that's going to happen. I, yeah. I'm sure you guys will be able to do that. But let's backtrack a little bit. You said you're still living in Holland. You said coached at Hope. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. from an outsider's perspective, you did – the, the I, I would call it the typical route. You GA at your school after you finish. Then you go get yourself a yep. job at potentially a little lower-level ball, and then now you're making your way up that ladder, right? Now, yep. was the job at Hope as much of uh, that quote-unquote building block that people would expect from the outside, and did it really serve that purpose of preparing you to make that next jump? I would say yes. Um, so Peter Sturzma, the head coach of Hope College, is I know Coach Sturzma. Great dude. Fucking, fucking phenomenal Guy, fucking like, phenomenal dude. Agreed. Fucking phenomenal dude. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me real quick. I went to South High. The education is okay, not the best. He was a high school principal for X amount of years, and obviously he coached at East Grand Rapids, which is a really good school. Uh, now he's at Hope College, which, you know, you got to have this 3.0 plus, 3.2, 3.5 GPA to even oh, get yeah. fucking Hope. You get what I'm saying? So, like – he 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 actually coached me up a lot on not even like being a coach, but just like personal measures of me growing as a person, as a man, as this guy, you know, just correcting me on my, you know, how I'm supposed to speak, what I'm supposed to say, how I'm supposed to say it. So he 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 had a lot of impact on who I am today, you know, coming back to Grand Valley. Because without him, you know, maybe I wouldn't interview you that good at Grand Valley. I don't know, you know? Yeah. So um, I would say it was a really huge stepping stone because one thing about Peter Sturzman, he always said that, like, I'm preparing you for your next job. Yep. Like, he was always preparing me. And it was good that he can always correct me whenever I felt like or whenever he felt like I was saying some shit wrong or when I wasn't saying it right way, he would correct me, this, this, and that. And it's, in, in, in this industry, it's a growing thing. Like, I've only been coaching for three years. I GA'd full-time, and I'm full-time again, at a, you know, back at where I GA'd at. I've only yep. been coaching for three years. You know, no offense to nobody out there, but the position I'm in, it takes guys maybe five, six, seven, eight years to get where I'm at. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not wrong. But he coached me. He coached me up in a way where it stuck with me, and I, to this day, you know, listen to him from a distance. Cause I see him at these camps and even and he still say it like, you know, you know, he, he makes sure that I'm on point with everything. Oh yeah. You know, make sure I'm dressed, you know, you never know who you might be. You never know who you might meet out, you know, make sure you're, you know, he always wanted staff to look nice. And I, and I truly respect that from the bottom of my heart. Like a lot of staffs aren't like that. You know what I'm saying? But Peter Sturz will make sure that his staffs are taken care of. And like, he showed me a lot. And I commend that dude for who I am today, 100%. Yeah, he's awesome. I took so, a visit yeah. out there, him and Coach Hawkin and, and that whole staff, like yeah. those guys, man, they they do it right. Sure. And I really – I went there, and it was one of, kind of one of those things, you know, for me, I was to the point late enough where I was like, I probably could end up playing Division Two ball somewhere. But you'd make these visits because you never yeah. know. And I walked away from right. that being like, man, like maybe I, maybe I do end up here. Maybe I do see myself – that's yeah. – yeah. That, that's just a credit to them, dude, their staff and the way they go about things on and off the field. And, you know, you talk about that mentorship, even not just football related, right? You didn't even talk about anything you did for you on the football side of things because that's what stuck with you. No, that's, and that's what important. stuck with me. That was the thing. Because when you in this industry, like to me, maybe it's to a business to some people, but this is bigger than football to me. For sure. Like, it's way bigger than football. Like it's just like 
the Grand Valley team is way bigger than I am. Like, yes, I want to win the national championship. Yes. But everybody got to get on the same page and it's bigger than I, who I am as a person. But like he, you know, had a very, very high impact on who I am as a person for me to move forward in my career. I hear you. So, no, I hear you 100%. I mean? And I want to stick on, even to go back a little further, on that grad assistant piece, right? I know there's a lot of guys. Yep. I talk to a ton of them here, and I know it's that's across the country that are just considering, hey, after I hang up that cleats for the last time, like, do I really want to give this coaching thing a go? Because, yeah, they're going to get a degree in something. Some of them may be pursuing coaching from the jump, but most of them are, right? I know I yep. saw your degree yep. was in communication studies, something along those lines. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these guys – might not know exactly what the commitment level is, especially at that GA position and other things. We've had coaches on here, uh, a guy from Wayne State, Jaron Duhard, who talked about how he was sleeping at the stadium during the season. And I know if, I've known coaches up yeah. like here at the Dome that, you know, yeah. they don't leave the damn building in, unless they get food or maybe before they, you know, get a haircut before a recruiting visit, like a little trip or something. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want to know what you would say to those guys maybe thinking about doing that, sticking around, doing that uh, grad assistant type role. Well, I would say to GAs out there, um, if you can get through being a GA for a year, two years, three years, then like you're in the right position, like you're in the right industry. You know, some guys can't get through it. I know a guy that played in, I'm not going to disclose his name, but I know a guy that played in Michigan that started to do this and he's like, bro, I miss my friends. I miss my family. I can't do this. I feel that, like that. It don't work out for everybody. Uh, but that, that, that GA is, is hard commitment. Um, you, you gotta be okay with being talked to like a small person within a company. If you want to say like, you want to put in into like corporate America, yeah. you gotta be able to be, you know, aware of how you're going to be talked to, um, the amount of load of work you're going to have. Well, on the talking to point too, like, so, so, so it's, it's a little bit different because, so I G at Grand Valley. All right. Yeah. So it's a GA for both sides. It's only two GAs. You got an offensive GA and a defense GA. And when you talk about, like, you know, power fives, you, essentially you got four GAs, two for each side of the ball. Okay. And some D2s even got two, two for each side of the ball. Like, we had one for each. So, like, we're handling work for the DB coach, the DC, the linebacker coach, the D-line coach. Offensively, you had to work for the wide receiver, O-line coach, the coordinator. The uh, quarterback coach, which is the OC, and the running back coach. Like, you're doing a lot of, you know. Yeah. Then, obviously, where I was at, the G, like, the head coach was the special teams coordinator. So, if you need either of the GAs to do something, you got to do it. So, it's a little bit tougher, I would say, you know, where I GA that. But um, the guys are awesome. Like, you learn a lot. Like, the DC and the DB coach at Grand Valley, like, I learned a lot. Like, Coach Lewis, Coach Postman, Coach Bills. He was D line coach. Now he's at uh, South Dakota State. But you know, I learned a lot from them guys. And you know, and the crazy part is, like, if you do a good job of being a GA, now I'm their peer. Now I work with Coach Lewis. Now I yep. work with Coach Postman. You that is something, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So if you do a good job as a GA, like, if the coaches are still there at the time where you become a full time coach and you go. Elsewhere, maybe, you know, if a job opened up back at the place you were GA and at, they might hire you, mm-hmm. you know. So I will always say, like, do whatever it takes to be the best GA. And then they always say this 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 line where 
figure it the fuck out. If you don't know how to do it, figure it the fuck out. That's that GA line there would be like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Well, all right, I figured the fuck out. Because you're wearing all kinds of hats, you're doing all kinds of dirty work. I I like that. And to go back to that, like, the certain way you're talked to, right? Because you go from, you know, someone in your shoes, not to say they treated you poorly, but you go from an all-conference player, all of a sudden you're the GA doing, you know, getting the tape from practice and doing little scouting reports and holding up cards for the scout team. And that's got to be a little bit of a... Little kick in the ass, like now you were the guy, and all of a sudden, it is. Especially if you on the wrong plate that the DC on, like that can be ass. That can be terrible. If you fuck around and fuck up the script, that can be terrible. <laughs> and he's on your ass the rest of the bad. day. <laughs> the rest of the day, because now you can't even get shit squared away because you fucked up the script or you <laughs> fucked up the cards and all that shit. Like all that shit can go bad. Like as a GA, you gotta honestly think what can what what, what can be the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, you fuck up the scripts. Yeah, you fuck up the cars. Anything, like, you got to be very sharp and you got to be locked the fuck in. Yeah. And that's why sometimes, like, you got to tell GA is like, all right. Like, I, I used to didn't like to lead the offense until I make sure everything was fucking set in stone. Like, if something looked fucked up, I redo it. <laughs> something ain't look right, I'm redoing it. Yeah. Because I'd be damned if we get to practice tomorrow and fucking I'm going to play this and that shit all fucked up. You get what I'm saying? So, but, but then again, like, like coaching scout teams, like you got to really sit down and watch film with them guys, like watch film, show them, and then show them the car. Because if you just get up and not watch film with those guys on like the opponent or not showing the car before you get out there and throw the card up, like no offense to Pete, no, nobody, but we're talking about 17, 18 year olds that just, Oh yeah. Like they read the, they read the car and then like get to the line of scrimmage and then they forget what the car said. Yep. What was my route again? You know, so that's how you just gotta be sharp and you gotta make sure that that shit is clean and legit because that that would set you up for success of the, the scout teams and winning football games. Like, yeah, and it sounds like 100%. you know more and more is being asked of coaching stats, top to bottom, right? Not just the GAs, but they're obviously a huge part of that. Um, across right. the country, it's a bit different at our level than, say, Power 5, but I saw this this story, um, and Nick Saban said that his staff works seven days a week, 44 yep. weeks of the year. And yep. for those who, I guess, aren't familiar, that would be leaving eight weeks, and that not they're not off, but that they're not working seven days a week. Like I said, yep. Alabama, it's not exactly as apples to apples, but you get the idea, right? Like that level of yeah. dedication, and you talked about it, being away from friends, family, and just a social mm-hmm. life in general. Yep. That is like textbook definition of commitment. It is, but that's what it takes because what is Nick Saban doing? He's won how many national championships yep. at the highest level of yeah. college football. You get what I'm saying? So once you find that staff that's willing to put in that commitment, you will have a winning program 100%. I agree. I agree 100%. Now, um, we touched on it a little bit earlier, transfer portal. You guys lost yep. some playmakers in the last month or so. Certainly we'll have some dudes come fill their shoes. Pair of wide receivers, an all-American corner. All of them move up a level, right? And not just a level, mm-hmm. to FBS schools, too, in the Power 5 conferences. And someone who we've talked about on this show, I do a ton of name dropping, but he's coming on the podcast next week, so I can name drop him. Connor Neer from Ferris, uh, as a specific yep. example, is a guy who enters the transfer portal, and who is a guy that, you know, I didn't play this last year, so maybe I wasn't tuned in, but all of a sudden I just start seeing this dude get offers from everywhere. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I remember dude was good, but holy shit. Yeah. And now you see he ends up at Oklahoma, 
I got to imagine, mm-hmm. again, he's just one guy, but this is happening all over. These guys see yeah. this, and, I mean, just talk me through how tough it is to keep these guys around when they see, hey, I might have an opportunity to go make that jump and go play at, you know, one of these big-time schools. Yeah, that's understandable. And when you look at the transfer portal, I mean, it's like, all right, it's and we, at the Division One level, it's thousands in a portal. At the D2 level, it's thousands in a portal. Unreal. Okay? Now, like, and I think guys are, you know, since I'm going to go up because the first guy I've seen blow up from the D2 level is the guy from Hillsdale. Yep. The receiver right. that went to Arkansas, correct? The guy from Hillsdale, the receiver. That yep. Committed to Arkansas, right? Yep. And then, like, the second guy I seen blow up was a guy from Ferris. What is going on? But, like, no offense to Power Fives. No offense to Power Fives. But if a guy got to go D2 to showcase his talent that you didn't recognize in high school, like, what are we doing there at, at the recruiting level? Exactly. Yeah, what are we doing at the recruiting level? We're at a point where I'm at fucking – Alabama or I'm at, you know, a SEC where I'm at a Big 12 or I'm at a Big 10. Like, why are we not noticing these guys at, you know, at the high school level? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And I think a lot that of that, mean, too, okay, is, deep. is like the transfer portal in general, right? You talk about when guys have this turnover on their team, the emphasis is much less focused. We talk a lot about on this show on cultivating that high school talent because why would you do that when you can bring in proven guys at the Division One level, and sometimes those guys don't pan out. But really, we've talked about it. Who's missing out and getting the short stick at the end of the day from all the transfer portal and all these – we've looked at statistics and everything. It's the high school student-athlete, and it's the student-athlete in general That's because right. a lot of these athletes right. – almost There's... 50% of athletes in the last academic year from Division Two did not land at another NCAA institution. And right. that alone right. is a terrifying number. We're not talking about getting athletic aid, right? We're just talking about playing at another school. And so when you look at okay. numbers like that, and then you have the, the whole idea of, you know, you're missing all this high school talent. And it, it's, it's really tough to wrap my head around sometimes, man. It is. And it's like, it's, it's crazy because it is continuously going to hurt high school recruitment. Yep. It's going to hurt high school recruitment because maybe a guy that is a power five guy going to get overlooked because we need a guy right now. Yep. We need a guy right now. We need a guy that can get on field right now. And, that's that, that, and it's hurting high school recruitment, which I, I kind of hate that because it's like, you know, I'm a transfer kid now. Okay, I I went to Youngstown State first. Yep. Out of high school, right? And back then it was like, all right, you gotta have this hard conversation with your head coach, like, coach, I need my release papers. I want to start going out of schools. Why are you transferring? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Now it's like, you can just go straight to compliance. Like, hey, can my name go on a portal? They can't say no. Now you're in a portal. Get a little email, post it on Twitter, and you're gone. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's crazy how that stuff's work. It, it's it's insane, but I mean that's what it that's what it turned out to. I think they should put a limit on how many guys you know how many times you can transfer. Um, but certainly I needs mean, to be some type is. of standard litigation. And you know the other side of yeah. it too is like for guys like Connor, for the guys on your squad that are heading to these big time schools, yeah. like. Those are great opportunities for those guys. And I certainly don't want to take away from that. You know what I mean? No, because those guys no. have certainly earned their spots on those rosters. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and, I, and, and like, I'm not taking away nothing from these guys. Like, of I course. am so happy for yeah. our guy, Jade Walker. I am so happy for our guy, Nazir Porquin, that went to Wisconsin. 
I am so happy for our guy Jalen Tillman and went to Bowling Green. Oh yeah, like they are going. They if they want better competition, I completely understand that. Like if they want to put themselves in a position to take care of their family for the rest of their life, yep, or whatever happens, that's it. Like I am all for it. I am all for the competitive level at the SEC, at the Big Ten, in the MAC. Like go for it. You get what I'm saying? But now that they've done that, I think they're making it. Like we're young guys now that thinking like, okay, let me go play two years at this D2 and then let me go ball out or at least try to ball out and then maybe I can go for the next two years. So it's kind of seemingly like, I don't know, maybe down the line D2 football is turning to Juco. Man, don't even manifest that. I'm not manifesting, but like, yeah, I, I hate to say it. I hear I you though. I hate to say it. I really hate to say that, but like, I don't like, like, that's what it's the, the past five guys that I've seen go to Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Bowling Green, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's a bunch of guys going up, which is ultimately doing the best for themselves. Exactly. So I can't take nobody. I can't take nothing. Just like coaching, too. Like, you want to put it in a coaching thing, like, we don't have a transfer portal, but like, you know, if a power five call me tomorrow, you know, maybe I'm I'm open my ear and listen. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me something I can't if you give me something I can't turn down, then maybe, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in my opinion, it's bigger than football, but still a lot of that stuff talks, but yeah, you know, if you give it's me, real. if you if you give me something I, I, I can't turn down then it is what it is. It's real. And you make a great yeah. point. Like I have had the same conversation with uh, Tyshawn. He usually hosts the podcast with me and he's not here because he's yeah. going to play Youngstown state because he balled out. And you know, now there's a chance that we could be going through a transition period with a new head coach. And he's a guy, he's got one more year. You know what I mean? He's got to go make himself really shine at the next level. Cause he has aspirations of playing at the next level. So you really can't, yeah. it, you can totally see both sides of it. So coach, I, uh, I won't keep you for too much longer. I really, appreciate you coming on it's been great man i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this i just want to say thank you i appreciate that thank you for having me on man of course man hey but we'll be in touch again thank you so much and uh get this up posted tomorrow and it's been great it's been a lot of fun i appreciate you thank you so much of course see you coach appreciate coach stud going on that was that was great like that's those are the conversations you love candid conversation he's him and i were talking before i say hey record and he's like he's like so you know, I can swear on this. Like, I don't have to. Where I'm like, man, I'm not going to tell you how to talk. I'm, I don't want to tell anyone how to talk. And we got we got the authentic dude right there. And that's what I love. And it's, sometimes it's hard to do that over the TV or over Zoom or whatever. But um, I'd much rather have all these guys in person, right? Because then you just have a, such a different environment. But unfortunately, he's in Holland. I'm in Marquette. We can't really make that happen. It's a long drive. But forgot to mention in the intro, also, if you see, other way, Kobe, dumbass, check it out. Uh, t-shirts available in black and white. Now the black actually probably the new favorite for me, the colors on this thing. You can, you can see it on camera. Like these pop, these are nice. So link in bio to the store. I'm a sellout. You can call me whatever you want, but Holy shit. I'm going to be wearing this everywhere. Like I'm actually, I might have to order a couple more because these are really clean. The black is, I have the white, the white's on the chair over there. You can't really see it too well. It's tucked underneath all those other ones, but um, white and black t-shirts not available in the store. Pumped about that. Let's talk about Ferris State. They're going to the White House. And so they thought they were the first D2 team to be invited 
Um, they've won back-to-back national championships. For those of you who have not listened to this podcast or live under a proverbial rock, they've been 48-1 and in the last two years. That one loss to Grand Valley last year in the regular season, hence why they were not GLIAC champions, but they were national champions. Pretty crazy stat. But supposedly not the first team to be going to the White House. Now, some of the details about their visit, they will meet with Joe and Jill Biden, the First Lady, in a, quote, special ceremony, June 12th, which is four days away. And this news just broke today. So I don't know if I'm in the minority on this. I just thought the White House kind of worked a little bit more scheduling out. Like this would be something that would happen in like a month or two. But I guess football season is report date for a lot of teams. is like beginning of August, D2-wise. So... They do have to get it done. But, man, like four days from posting the announcement to being at the White House shaking Biden's hand, that's pretty wild to me. Um, but good for them. That's pretty sweet. And so if we read up on some of the more details uh, being provided here, the whole team is actually not going, which is something I didn't realize happened. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Division One teams, when they go, they get to bring the whole game. I don't, I don't know if this is a travel issue or a cost thing. I would doubt it. Um, but supposedly there are going to be 25 student-athletes, head coach Tony Anise, and other staff. It just left that other staff um, will be a part of the ceremony set to place, take place on Monday morning on the South Lawn at 11.30 a.m. So there you go. A little bit more details on what exactly is going on. Coach Anise had a quote here just talking about how it was a great honor to have the program university. Pretty generic quote, um, to be honest. Not anything crazy, but uh, they also, the White House also just recently invited both men's and women's Division One basketball national champions, UConn and LSU, which that is pretty commonplace. Nothing too crazy about that. Uh, like I said, 28 and 1 over the last two years. I think I said 48 earlier. I messed that up. Don't, uh, you fact check me. But <laughs> either way, uh, a ridiculous record. There's no way they play 48 games. Um, but a ridiculous record to have with that. And now they will go to the White House. And the one, I think the one only like meme I remember about the White House visits, I want to say, who was it that went there? When Trump had all the Big Macs and the McDonald's just like sitting out waiting for him. Um, I don't think it's going to be the case this time around. Something tells me that it might be a little different. If they're on the South Lawn, are they even getting fed? Are we going to get like an LSU remake video with like the, who, who are they even recording with in that? That thing went viral though. It was wild. But. Sorry, my mind's just spitballing. But that is super exciting for Ferris. I mean, imagine some of these kids have been on this team. Imagine coming in in 2021 as a freshman. You ride it all the way to the natty, and you're like, holy cow, this is college football? And then you do it again? What, what is the expectation for the next year? Win by even more? I guess just beat Grand Valley. That's probably their biggest thing because they didn't get too much fight from a bunch of other schools. Pittsburgh State gave them, gave them a really good game, I know, in the playoffs. So, anyways, really exciting for Ferris State. We'll definitely have to find out who those 25 athletes are and how they get selected. That is actually probably even a tougher question. When you have a roster, if you look at Ferris State's roster on their website, holy shit, you can just scroll you can actually just scroll. There are so many players listed on there. A lot of them non-active, which obviously those guys I'm sure will not be making the trip. But say you take the starters from offense and defense. That's 22 guys. That leaves, let's see, math. Three left, 25. I have to imagine the specialist might not be making a trip. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would not like to be the one who makes that decision of like, hey, pal, really appreciate everything you've done this year. Um, you were a great player for us, but you're actually not good enough to go to the White House in Washington, D.C. Like, damn. That'd be terrible. I Again, I don't want to even think about making those type of decisions, but very big news for Ferris State. Really excited for those guys. Now, moving on to NCAA, the football game. Players are opting out of EA Sports reincarnation of NCAA football. Now, EA Sports, they want to use the player's name, image, and likeness as opposed, like I said in the intro, the random numbers, blank jerseys. But the athletes are being urged by the Players Association to boycott if the money is not there. So you're kind of going to read with me kind of in real time here as I scan through some of this. I got some info earlier, but I've been trying to just figure out things here. A lot of this is being reported. It's being aggregated all over the place, but I think a lot of it comes from on three um, is almost the original source for a lot of this. But the College Football Players Association, the CFPA, there you are, is urging eligible players to boycott the use of their likeness in the new video game, citing the amount of compensation players would get, basically saying, hey, you guys are not getting paid enough. Please come together. The problem with that is, I mean, there's so many problems. When you really think about it, there are so many problems with paying players for this because do you just have a flat rate? Here's $500 in a hypothetical, hypothetical situation. $500 has been floated around in here. Here's $500 to every player that will be featured, which would be D1, I'm assuming. Just D1 FBS, maybe? You're telling me that Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers and, you know, all these big-time names are going to receive $500. Well, no offense to the other guys that have not seen a single snap on college football and FBS, probably all great players, great people, they don't garner the same market as these big-time quarterbacks and, you know what I mean, these big-time players that have kind of associated their name with these programs. So if you have a flat rate, you're certainly going to be robbing. You're going to be hearing from the agents of some of these big-time players. They're definitely not going to opt in. So then you say, okay, what kind of sliding scale do you pay? Then how do you determine it, right? How do you determine a player's value? And that's the really hard part about NIL and these brand deals. That's why they have these people representing them for these matters, these agents, these legislators, because it's hard to market yourself. I mean, I do it. I try to do it all the time for this freaking show. It's tough. It's really tough to show other people your worth. Now they get to do on Saturdays when they throw the ball around, I get to do it behind a microphone. It's a lot easier than being quarterback, but really the, the truth remains. How do you determine the value of a player? So say, okay, Caleb Williams is my example. He's one of Heisman. He might do it again. Uh, at a big-time program with a lot of attention geographically and just in the state of today's game, do you pay him, you know, $10,000? And then do you determine it on those bench players? Have you even gotten in the game? Okay, no, you haven't played in the game, you get 150 Like, there are so many logistics and, and things of that nature. My brain kind of hurts thinking about it. I do not want to be the person in charge of that once again. Also, when you think about that, that's a slippery slope because – how much is EA paying? Would it almost be better to just leave it out or maybe just buy a certain list of players' likenesses, the ones that people are going to definitely want? Then again, where do you draw the line? What player is just important enough and what player is just not that important that they do not need to be included on that list? 
a lot of, a lot of questions today for myself, and unfortunately, no one to answer them except for maybe you yelling at your screen. But, uh, so, this is a quote from one team partners who A Sports contracted for NIL use in the game from their website. It says, if it's not possible to identify individual sales, like in the case of video games, then revenue will be divided equally among the athletes included in each licensing program. What? So that goes back to the flat payment. Everyone gets an equal piece of the pie. That's not fucking fair. There's no way kids are going to sign up for that. At least the kids who are, should be earning a larger chunk. And I will add too, those are the guys that in reality are going to have the most leverage in this situation because when you boot up NCAA 24 or whatever the hell it is, you want to play as dude X, Y, and Z most likely, right? Unless you go and create your own little player or whatever. That's you know your own thing. But... On three reported players could earn $500 each, which the CFB PA criticized for being too low. They said, quote, all current players should boycott this deal. It is an opt-in deal, and they should just not opt into it. It's just a ridiculously low amount of money. Justin Falsanini, former Clemson center and vice president of CFB PA, told on three. Fair point. You should not participate in this, he says straight up. It is a simple cash grab to just try and get you for the lowest amount possible, and it's one team partners in all these organizations that don't really represent the player's best interest. I can understand that. I mean, he's part of the College Football Players Association. Now, the thing is, even boycotting against this could be really hard for the same reason as I mentioned earlier because some of these kids don't deserve $500, right? And you're going to have to tell a kid, a lot of kids, not singular, plural, a lot of kids to turn down a free $500 to be in their favorite video game growing up? Again, the big-time guys, not going to be hard to convince. They want a larger piece of the pie, a larger cut. But to tell all of these kids who have made it to Division I football, who maybe haven't played the snaps they want to yet, but grew up playing these NCAA games, we will hand you $500 right now and your name, you'll be able to play as yourself in this video game. Shoot, you can go in there and transfer. You can get yourself NIL deals. You can make yourself the starter. Whatever. Trying to get everybody on board with that is going to be hell. That's going to be a nightmare. Just speaking as an outsider, well, maybe not so outsider. I'm a football player, but I'm just not at a D1. I don't think any of you are going to be playing as Kobe Manzo um, in NCAA. But uh, if any of you do, create a little custom roster. Shoot it my way, huh? <laughs> but... That is, that's just pretty crazy. And I think that's going to be their biggest problem is trying to convince these kids to actually boycott and say no to a borderline free $500 and to get yourself in a video game. I would do it in a heartbeat. But then again, I'm not the one, I'm not competing for a Heisman Trophy. So that's, that is what it is. Faustinelli said he explored, this is the Clemson Center. He explored how much NFL players were paid for their likeness in the Madden franchise. So probably the closest comparison you know he could find. Granted, a very different level of professional ball players here. Found out players were paid around seventeen thousand dollars in recent years. Seventeen k to be in Madden. Wow. I didn't know that's that's buku bucks. That's big money. I will add though. 32 teams in the NFL, you know, 55-man roster, whatever it is. That is much less than you're talking just D1 FBS. That is much less than college football. 
Now, 17 grand is a lot of money per player. And I have to wonder if that's just a flat rate for everybody. It might be because they're pro ball players and that's just something that, you know, is in your contract. It might be in the contract. That's that. It would be not a real surprise to me if you showed up when you signed that NFL deal that you're signing away your rights to Madden and, and EA Sports and that said, I don't know. There could be something like that. It's crazy. Like, not a great analogy, but stick with me. I work in our marketing photo and video department here at Northern Michigan on campus. And one of the things you sign as an incoming student, basically, gives Northern the right to use your likeness in university promotional material. So if you see me around campus and I have a camera and I snap a picture of you, congrats, pal. You might be on the Instagram tomorrow. And you actually can't say anything about it because of something that you signed in the past. So... Maybe not that bad of an analogy. I mean, that sounds pretty like apples to apples to me. Um, Albeit there's much less money on the line. (laughs) But that's kind of the the biggest thing right there. Uh, I think I covered most of the bases, most of the problems, my thoughts on it. It It's a very interesting topic. I would really like to see where that goes in the future. Um, But today's going to be kind of a shorter episode. We do have a, a funnier piece to react to. Uh, NFL players taking batting practice. Now, football, baseball, totally different sports. I firmly believe that the hardest thing in sports is hitting an MLB pitch. Coming from someone who's played baseball a long time, I was decent at it. Um, I wasn't incredible, or else I'd probably be playing at some crazy school playing baseball, but I I just didn't love it. Um, But hitting an MLB pitch, I think, would be the hardest thing in sports. I really do. And these guys aren't going against live pitching. But let's see. We'll watch. Uh, we'll watch Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown take some cuts at it first before we get to uh, headband Burrow. So here is the video of Hurts taking some BP. Ooh, listen to that. Schmacked. Warning track power though. <laughs> I love this. It's so sick. Even still, this is impressive. Like, you're just taking BP, but decent little swing, man. In the Jordans, too, in the one. That's funny. Again, warning track power, Jalen. And, you know, that was definitely, like, those swings, those were definitely his best, too, because, you know, if he hit a home run, they definitely would have fucking showed it. Like, there's no question in my mind. So, um, he de- neither of them definitely hit one out. We only saw two of Hertz hits and one of one of Brown. Um, so that, I guess that's I guess that's worth noting because you'll see in this next video, headband Joey. He uh, he gets after it here. I believe the Bengals all actually went and took BP at uh, at the Reds field in Cincinnati. So right after this. Um, ad is done playing we will we'll bring up that video too but really when you think about it baseball is just so unique and a lot of sports yeah you can say are unique but like think about the transition from being a football player to maybe like a soccer player like yeah it's a different kind of coordination whatever but if you're athletic enough you can make it work baseball is not that way at all (laughs) baseball athletes are potentially some of the most unathletic athletes not to say they're not athletic they're still professional athletes they are still extremely athletic but when you compare them not as a whole, but again, certain athletes. Um, look at Miguel Cabrera and the success that he's had as a Tigers guy. Miggy ain't suiting up to play tight end for the Lions, right? Like, it, baseball does not require that type of athleticism to be. He's a 
one of the best hitters of all time. He'll be immediately into the Hall of Fame. They might induct him while he's still playing. <laughs> but besides the fact, we can look at this. Uh, we can look at this clip here. There's Headband Joe rocking the new look, and uh, it looks like he's learned like a little cutter right there. What is that? Trying to learn a few new pitches out at shortstop. <laughs> okay. Now here we go. That is a more football player swing. That's pretty funny. I think we get to a couple. Joe. Oh yeah. That was smoked. Oh, shit. Give me a rewind on that. Hold on. That's crisp. That swing was nice. Oh, that's out, too. Almost hit the... Oh. Oh, yeah. He's got a cut on him. Another one. Let's go, fella. That is sick. That is awesome. Now, the first, I don't know who the first one we saw batting was. I'm not exactly sure who that was up to bat, but uh, that was like a pretty typical to me. That was a pretty typical football player swing. Um, then Joey B gets up there and just starts hammering these bitches. We got one more. Which one is it? It's the other. It's the other link. We got one more video. I think it's like a little, uh, little like tweet, Twitter video um, of Burrow. Here it is. Uh, we've got one here. That I will pull up and play as well for y'all. Because I just, you know, I love y'all so much. Oh, we missed the beginning of it. Hold on, sorry. Damn! Let's go. All the boys. Who's shagging? Yeah, I probably need to mute that. There's some music in the background. That's probably smart. He just yacked that one too. Look at this guy. Love to see it. Who is that chunker that ran by? Oh, ground out. Done. Over with. You want more cut in him? You do. Let's see it. What's he got? No, he don't. Video from the end. Yeah, it does. But man, that first cut right there and that one from the other video, like pretty clean. Really, really clean. Shout out BR Gridiron. A lot of great, uh, great stuff on there. If you need a good like football Twitter follow, that is, that is probably your spot. Um, but I think that's, I think that's really it as far as, uh, today's pod goes. I told you I was going to be a pretty short one and it's kind of how it is when I roll by myself, but this will still be over 40 minutes or so. So, Hey, I get things going here. This has been episode 101, man. We're going to be back on a, on a pretty good schedule here. Look forward to having probably Connor Neron for the next episode, the linebacker from Ferris state ending up at Oklahoma, big time transfer from D2 going up to, uh, what the hell are they? Are they, they're like in between conferences right now, aren't they? I don't know what the hell, but power five. That's what they are. But thank you for listening. This has been D1 Rejects and uh, we'll see you next week.